0: are you a math person question mark don't think about it as ability don't think about it as talent yeah you're a person who do math you are indeed a math person and i believe you can do you can achieve wonders if you believe in yourself and and be resilient and be mindful of how you've been trained and conditioned and yeah i think math is is beautiful and exciting and empowering and everybody should give it another chance a yeah. lot of us lost track of who we are and what we do, mm-hmm. uh, and forget that math could be fun, right? Because it's years and years of conditioning and thinking that math is sitting down and taking tests. So reminding people that it could be fun and play with it, mm, right? It doesn't matter. I don't. I don't care if you get a right right answer. Just play with what you're given and see where you get.
1: Hello and welcome back to the big, Sorry, let <laughs> Too much energy. <laughs> that was great. I wasn't expecting it. I okay. don't know how this. Is let's let's try it again. Hello and welcome back to the bigger picture podcast. I'm your host Channon Zhao, and today I am joined with penfellow, math teacher of linear algebra, multivariable calculus, and advanced calculus, and algebra two, and also this year physics C and M, Dominic Zhang. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hello everyone, I'm <laughs> Dominic.
0: Uh, like Shannon said, I am one of the Penn Fellows here, so I finished my undergraduate degree at Lafayette College in PA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I double majored in physics and philosophy and did mm. a minor in math. Hmm. They didn't hmm. want to give me three majors, so math hmm. with my minor.
1: It's a minor, interesting. Yeah, I am. Um, a full-time math teacher. Well, not, not full-time, sorry, but... Uh,
0: full-time, technically, technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm doing math and physics and I'm getting my master's degree
1: in education from Penn, Penn. Interesting. So let's sort of dive straight into it to this big question. Why should people study math? Well, it, it is a really big question. Um <laughs> I think math
0: is one of those subjects that really connects everybody and everything in the world together, right? Um, Mm. Right, a lot of students today who like math see math as a way of going to good schools, right? Getting good scores on SAT, sure. um, Becoming an engineer, going to business school, Mm. whatever makes the most money these days. Um, but then you have a lot of students, a lot of people yeah. in the world who who hate math, right? Exactly. Um, they call math
1: mental abuse to humans. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like every time I've met a stranger and told them that I'm a math teacher, almost always they're the first thing they say is, "Oh, but I'm not. I'm not good at math, or I'm not a math person." <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot there, right? To unpack <laughs> yeah. and talk about why it is that math is so divided. But yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot of thoughts about
1: why people should do math. I think it's it's beautiful. It's So let's start somewhere. Yeah. So what is the mathematical thinking? (laughs) It's Um, another big question for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of, right? When we think about it traditionally, there's a lot of deduction, Mm, you know, logical reasoning in terms of what we know and what we don't know. Mm -hmm. So deducing new information from given information. Mm -hmm. um, So logical reasoning. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. But I think today mathematical reasoning or thinking has has been generalized to, to bigger things. In terms of mathematical mm-hmm. modeling, where you use math to approach messy real-world situations, yeah, true. Um, like economic models, and right? Statistics is a really statistics, big statistics, one. Statistics, yeah. Uh, another line that I like a lot was that you know in school we we pretend like that math is only is a neutral exercise for the mind, mm. but it has and has it is and has always been um, used to push some sort of a social agenda outside of the, the classrooms.
1: Yeah, and I mean because almost everyone has to take math in in their high, high school not high school sorry in their schooling career. Yeah. even in college is, is, is math a, a th- uh, sorry is math a requirement? Or? At Lafayette, we did not have a math requirement. We're Labor, but we had a
0: um, quantitative reasoning class. So that means either you take a math class, which ninety percent of people do, but there are also other options if you don't want to take math. So logic is a big one. Mm-hmm. That's part of the philosophy department. Mm-hmm. A lot of sign people take it, mm-hmm. and
1: yeah, yeah, logic is the okay. big one. But so do you, so. Why do you think everyone has to take math? Because modeling is sort of like a very small, um, group only a small group of people are going into modeling or going into statistic or going into economic modeling and all that. Mm -hmm. But um, almost everyone has to take math and there's 800 points of worth of, like you said, SAT math points. So why do you think it's that important? I think it's a way of thinking, right? At the end of the day, you may not need to
0: know why a sine curve or a cosine curve looks the way to do or yeah. need to know the exact details of domain and range and mm-hmm. all those complicated calculus. But I think as a way of thinking, um, mathematical reasoning, again, right, helps you to really navigate everyday life in terms of, you know, going out to buy things, in terms mm-hmm. of having an argument with someone else, right? Um mm. I think logic that underlies mathematical reasoning helps you to have to talk about really complicated things in the world. Um, mm. You know, the other day in class, we talked about minimum wage and why, mm. well, or what is a fair minimum wage? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was the only question for the class. And they had 70 minutes to really look into it and talk about it Interesting. without any explicit guidelines for me. And they had to use the math they learned, right? It wasn't use calculus and look at this data. It was what is a fair minimum wage? It's a, you know a question that might come up at dinner sometimes, and they you know students had a lot of freedom and agency in terms of really
1: researching, using what they know, and they went in really different directions and came to really different conclusions. So you think by solving, say, a geometry question or, or or we're trying to prove a theorem, we're actually working on our thinking skills and logical thinking skills and critical thinking skills. Uh, like not directly, but unintentionally, right? Right. That's
0: uh. I think that's the essence of it. Right. Like um. Mm. Some people like to do crossword puzzles or you know Sudoku. Those yeah. are popular things to that's to true. really spend time on a on a flight or something when mm. you have a lot of free time on your hand. Yeah. But in a way, those are also just training your brain, uh, quote unquote, and really, you know, pushing those limits of of your your. Your skills in terms of reasoning, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of reasoning in crossword puzzles, um, logical reasoning, right? Yeah. It's not just I'm gonna get every clue on the first go and finish it. That's it's a true. lot of going back and forth, revising what you know, uh, challenging your previous assumptions, mm-hmm. and coming up with new ideas, which mm. sounds
1: an awful lot like doing geometry proofs. But mm, interesting. Yeah. But now some might argue that okay, if if I'm only working on critical thinking skills or logical thinking skills, why don't I just take specific classes that can directly help me with those instead of taking, you know, advanced calculus or, or pre-calculus as a requirement to graduate because with pre-calculus, you know, you, you have to learn so many, you know, sine, cosine, which I, I, be, I believe that, you know, 60 80%, 90% of the population wouldn't use in their future. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why do you think that extra step is necessary? I I
0: don't know if I think it's necessary, okay. right? Um, Sorry,
1: I should have phrased it differently. Do you think it's necessary or not?
0: So it's a complicated question again, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> institutionally, systemically, everybody in the world, or, right? Educational institutions in the world all believe that pre-calculus or calculus is important for for students, for high schoolers or college students. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're really talking about developing uh, problem-solving, logical reasoning skills in a vacuum, then I don't think pre-calculus is really that necessary, right? Mm. Because at the level of pre-calculus, a lot of, of what we learn and do is really prepping you for you know, college-level science and engineering that's classes. True. That's true, that's right? So I think Algebra 2, maybe even just the first half of Algebra 2, I think is really um just getting the basics of, of reasoning right like yeah, uh, like yeah, you yeah, said there's a lot
1: you can do more directly yeah that's like solving, not a uh, complicated qu- equation x y perhaps right probably. some
0: of it you can do with your algebra 2 knowledge without pre-calculus yeah exactly so in a sense it's a more complicated higher level problem solving skill mm-hmm. using derivatives perhaps yeah but on the other hand, I agree that it's not necessary for a lot of people, mm. but it's good to know, right? I mm. think, for example, uh, derivatives, integrals, instead of thinking about it as a specific tool to use to solve complicated problems, um, it motivates the idea of, you know, infinitesimal things or change over time, right? Mm. It's not about change, but it's about that's the true. change in the change over time. Mm. And thus you have in the ch- yeah, velocity yeah, and acceleration yeah, yeah, that's in physics. True. yeah. But it's that idea that, you know, when I talk to my 10-year-old brother, he doesn't understand what I mean, the change in the change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how fast is the velocity of the car changing? Mm-hmm. Um, that's true,
1: that's true. Right? So there's now a that, lot yeah, there. Yeah, of course. That, that is actually a great way of thinking. Now I want to shift gear into another big, pa- uh, big question or direction. How can people develop a passion in math? so it's sort of while you're answering or thinking of an answer with this question you can sort of share your journey of how you develop a passion in math but because i think that's a big thing because if people are passionate about what they're learning they can really you know, dive deep into it and they, they they it's self-driven you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but then if they don't have the passion it's Kind of hard Because they're sort of forcing it like, That's that's what I see With a lot of people Yeah People hate math They treat it as like uh, You know as work So then they don't Actually they don't develop The logical thinking skills Or the critical thinking skills that Right You're mentioning Yeah
0: um, I, I wouldn't say that it's a personal thing that you like a lot of people Mm. hate math quote unquote or like have had experience bad experiences with math Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say it's you know they lack motivation or passion Mm -hmm. but rather that you know my in my research in in a lot of research Mm -hmm. the literature has been suggesting that a lot of people have had negative experiences with learning mathematics Mm -hmm. um, at some point in their lives Mm -hmm. and i've had really negative experiences with doing math Um, Mm -hmm. i was really bad at math when i was in fourth fifth grade back when i was in china Ah. which you know another (laughs) transition we can talk about of course um i was accused of cheating when i did well on a test because i was historically bad at math (laughs) right which you know really gave me since then still generations years of imposter syndrome right maybe i'm not good enough and Mm -hmm. i just got lucky and Mm. maybe american math is just easier maybe if Mm. i go back then i'll just be a normal well, i'll just be another student who's you know mediocre at math yeah right so there's a lot there in terms of the culture um, of what it means to be good at math okay Um, so instead of talking about motivation or passion in wanting to learn math what i've been doing a lot in my classroom is really probing um, doing storytelling for individual students for them to share their experiences mm. of how how they might have gotten to where they are today right mm. uh, maybe you're an algebra 2 student and you're you hate algebra 2 and you're terrible at it but let's talk about why is it that you got to where you are and why mm-hmm. is it that you don't like it mhm and you know over time by building trust by building this authentic connection students are more willing to open up and share their experiences Mm -hmm. and then over time later on they start to see why you know my my love for math starts to become infectious on them and it Mm. it works somewhat
1: so how did you sort of develop the uh, love for math because you didn't um have the love for math to start is there like a turning point a person
0: yeah yeah um When I came to the States, uh, when I was 13 for freshman year of high school, Mm -hmm. I took Algebra Mm 2. I was not that good at it. I think I got a B plus in that class. Mm. Um, Anyways, uh, Mm. and then I took Geometry. Did better, took pre-calc, did better, took calculus, did better. Mm-hmm. Uh, turning point was in college, actually, mm. when I took Calc 3, which is basically kind of like the uh, multivariable calculus mm-hmm. class. That was my spring of freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, my professor, Remy, uh, he was the first really uh, person of color who was taught me math mm-hmm. ever. And I don't know, I think that was a semester where I really decided to try in in the classroom um Mm -hmm. first semester freshman year i was like you know there's so much to do so many people to meet so many things to do Mm -hmm. i'm not really gonna put that much effort into the class i'll be fine Mm -hmm. and calc two really kicked my butt that semester Mm -hmm. so in the spring i worked really hard with calc three and that was like the first a plus i've ever gotten in In the math. math okay um it just clicked it made sense to me the way that Remy explained things really helped me to see. Okay. And, you know, he was he was patient. He was passionate. Mm-hmm. And I think it just rubbed off on me. Um, mm. Just having a pleasant experience and knowing that it's possible to be good at math, I think that really helped me to know that it's possible, right? Recognizing that it's not as simple as try harder than you do better. Mm-hmm. But rather, it's a more complicated network of, of, of ideas and, and relationships, Mm. And just grappling with that even today, right? Like sometimes I see something and I go, oh no, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> and then realizing that, you know, that's negative self-talk and talking myself
1: out of it. Interesting. You, you, talk, you, you, you mentioned a lot of great points in, in that brief little story there. You mentioned about self-talk and the imposter syndrome and that sort of connects with psychology. Hmm. Maybe, so did you, so did Sort of that experience with math, is that the point where you sort of developed a passion with learning in some ways? Or you had the passion of learning before, but just not in math?
0: Yeah, I think I was always curious about things. You Mm -hmm. know, as a kid...
1: Yeah, I, I I could see your curiosity when we walked in the studio. You picked up the piano over there, and then you're just playing at the the microphone and the books. Uh, I mean, for I'm just mentioning this for listeners who. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. I mean, I just you know I like to play with things and mess with
0: things, and yeah. I never really had a lot of. um, I guess, access to a lot of toys that kids today had. Really? You know, like Mm. my brother now, whatever he wants, he gets Lego sets. I never had a Lego set as a kid. Mm. So to me, it's just playing with ordinary things and Mm -hmm. reading books and, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about what happens if asking those questions.
1: Um, (laughs) Have you read that book? What if? No, I have not. There's a book that is all all about asking ifs and and just uh, proposing um, very... preposterous (laughs) theories like for example if all if what's it called if all the ice on earth melts what was what's earth gonna look like ooh we're all underwater yeah if everyone jumps at once what's gonna happen I'm like yeah yeah exactly I mean it's a pretty interesting book. I read it as a kid, and I loved it. I,
0: yeah. I heard about it, actually, last week from my mentor, Dave. Dave Felsberry. He was telling me about it. Oh, really? Because we were talking about this idea of asking questions.
1: And, <laughs> you know, asking yeah. what-ifs. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is a pretty good book. Anyways, I think we got a little lost there. But, um, so, so, that's very interesting to hear, because I thought you are a person that sort of is always naturally good at math, and that's why you became a math teacher, but um i was I was a little surprised to hear that that it actually changed in college, so why did you sort of decide to keep pursuing math uh and, and go into teaching uh, math obviously yeah yeah um
0: i think right like it's, it's, i think it's a realization at some point in college sophomore junior year about this natural natural ability thing right um mm-hmm. recognizing that it's it's not really. As much about natural ability slash talent slash, you know, inclination to studying a subject Mm -hmm. and rather recognizing, you know, the the history or the exposure or the access to math. Mm -hmm. Um, Realizing that it's not just that I'm not, I wasn't born, quote unquote, born with the ability to be be good at math, Mm -hmm. but there's more to it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. My parents are not, my parents, neither of my parents went to college. I'm a first generation college student um yeah i remember that yeah so i didn't really have exposure to the scholarly intellectual community that some other people have right like mm-hmm. the students i've met here who are really good at math have often had parents who gone to college is an engineer mm-hmm. you know have gone to higher education gotten master's phds advanced degrees in stem mm-hmm. which then exposes them to that science and, and math and stuff since a young age mm-hmm. so um So, yeah, so recognizing that and knowing that, you know, I just have to work harder because, Mm -hmm. right, like it's not about talent, but
1: it's that Mm -hmm. we just had different experiences in terms of learning. So I think your story would be a great inspiration for listeners that are listening because a lot of people are, you know, dislike math, not because they just don't, you know, they, they just don't like math. By itself but it's probably because of the failures that they have faced within math you know getting you know not like um, trying to solve a problem time over time but still failing can't you know understand the topic not having a good teacher you know all these factors could really shape someone's perspective towards the subject and that's probably that's that's probably one of the reasons why so many people dislike math it's probably because in math, it's it's right or wrong. There's so many failures, and you know, well, I mean, once we get into like high level math, it's it's uh it's different. But um, I'm like with you know growing up doing sure. algebra one, you know, mm-hmm. pre algebra, all that. It's all about like right or wrong, and and you know, um, it, it could really cause a lot of damage because to, to people because you know they might screw up on tests or or yeah like. Um, like, you know, not meet a good teacher, like for example with you, you met a great teacher that sort of changed you. Um, right. so yeah. Yeah. So but it's then, a lot of, lot of it's a lot of culture and, and yeah, social norms, right? Exactly. Over but then, Yeah. But then if people hear your story and decide, you know what, maybe I'll just you know, try to change it around, you know, just put more time my math homework, try to understand it, try to develop the logical critical thinking, perhaps they can develop their passion in math too. You know, do you think that's a viable way?
0: I think so. Um, my research now for my master's program is yeah. a lot about resilience. Yeah, um, it's a lot about being comfortable with being confused. Yeah, how do we teach students to to stick with it? Right, instead yeah, exactly. of looking at a problem for twenty seconds and say, "Oh, I can't do this." Yeah, Tell I me give up. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right, <laughs> I do that sometimes too. I, yeah, right, of
0: course. I've <laughs> um, <laughs> <All> been there. <laughs> yeah, like like it's not just in math. Like in general, resilience is yeah. something that we have. I, I don't think I can make judgment on whether we've gotten better or worse at as, as, as human beings, but mm-hmm. resilience is something that, that takes time and effort to build, right? Mm-hmm. And how can you be resilient if the idea of building something over time is itself requires resilience, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really interesting to think about how we can intentionally, like I intentionally sometimes try to be less helpful in a classroom so students can figure mm. it out for themselves. Mm. And it sounds really counterintuitive, but it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. one of the best lessons I learned from Penn uh, as really? part of the fellowship, mm-hmm. to not immediately helping a student
1: help a yeah. student when they're because confused, you, because yeah, if you if you keep helping them when they're confused, they yeah, it reduces their resilience because their natural instinct would be, you know, to ask. I, I actually, I was just thinking about my my childhood. You know, my mom is this loving person. She is the nicest person in the world, you know? Like, whenever me or my brother or my sister needs help, you know, she'll be the first one to do it. Like, well, if, I, if I don't want to, you know, Cause I, if I don't want to uh, grab a cup of water that's downstairs, my mom would just you know I would just say, "Mom, can you give me a bottle of water?" And she would just bring me a bottle of water. So that developed a laziness that I realized when I got into boarding school that oh my instinct is to you know to to call someone to help me do something, but then that's that's not good, <laughs> you know. So I had to like fight over that that la- laziness, and and that actually did help with with um. With a lot of things. Like like um in sports, for example, in soccer. Mm-hmm. Develop a resilience to, you know, to work hard. To because I and I I never really quite worked hard enough before. So now my level has improved a lot. Like with podcasting, for example, and all that. Right. And I think that could be a great lesson for listeners too, you know. Um that to 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 fight through those challenging math problems. Um, because if you do fight through those challenging math problems, you can actually Develop Resilience for a bunch of other things for sports if you're an athlete for um, you know for writing if you're you're facing a writer's block you know with with uh, Mm -hmm. with journalists or all that it's actually very interesting I've never thought about those before
0: (laughs) yeah it's a lot about to me it's all about like recognizing that you're socialized into a particular norm or yeah preference right like from like you talked about writing math sports I'm um, recognizing that it's it's not about you inherently, but rather, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say the system, mm-hmm. but you know, society or mm-hmm. you know, you were socialized as you brought up to to like dislike like, mm-hmm. uh, prefer stuff, right? So mm-hmm. like uh I hated seafood as a kid because mm-hmm. you know, when I went to kindergarten sometimes I remember kindergarten had really terrible seafood dishes King, sometimes. Kindergarten? kindergarten. 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 Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. When I was in kindergarten in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'll force us to, eat, to learn how to eat fish with bones in it. Okay. And, like, I hated that. But over, you know, the course of the next 10 years, I developed this natural, you know, I don't want to say hatred. I, I, just, I did not like seafood because I was socialized to eating really bad seafood in a particular way yeah, so that definitely. I did not see the reason to eat it. Yeah. Right? So even in that sense, I had to really develop this idea of, no, I can... It's overcome it. Overcome what what I've been taught slash what I've learned by being in a system where where they value.
1: that's a great... That's actually very fascinating. I was thinking about the hypnotist that we had um, last week. I was talking to this about him. I'm sorry. Talking about a similar topic with him um, the other day. And we were talking about how people can actually... Like, your natural instinct of disliking something, that could actually be changed. You know, like, he helped people... To get over addictions with you know cigarettes and all that because um, he can actually you know alter their their way of thinking but then that you don't actually need a hypnotist for that you can actually like just fight through it yourself and all that that's actually very interesting. Mm. I mean let's sort of uh, come back to math uh, um, because you you brought this uh, amazing book with you and I want to dive a little deeper with that. Um, so what values does math help with or does math connect with? Because the book is all about um, human values, right?
0: Yeah. So Francis Sue argues that math is used for building virtues, um, building virtues okay. for human flourishing, mm-hmm. flourishing being a really loaded word. If you were to Google flourishing, there's a lot of literature in what that means. Mm-hmm. But Francis talks about, you know, using math to build ideas of exploration, right? Seeing, mm-hmm. seeing the world not as right or wrong, but rather explore the possibilities of what you could do with it.
1: Wait, um, hold on. How does that work with math? Because, with basic math coming up to you know perhaps tenth grade, ninth grade, it's all about right or wrong. But then after that, it sort of dives into the exploration. But how do you think math directly connects with exploration? I
0: myself? think as as teachers, we have to right. Like we're currently in, in the in the phase of of. Recognizing and rec- uh, and, and uh, reconsidering what it means to to be a good assessment for, for learning, right? We have mm, constructed and written and given so many tests in the last 50, 100 years yeah. that's just right or wrong. Exactly. So it's re- reorganizing, rethinking what it means to assess student understanding and providing students from a young age to recognize that math is really about exploring mm-hmm. ideas or ideas between ideas rather than getting the right answer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, instead of asking questions like what's 1 plus 1 you can ask questions about you know in the world can you come up with um you know two things that add up to a, one thing and another thing that add up to two things and there's a lot of exploration to be done there right like mm. an apple plus an orange doesn't equal you to anything just, yeah but one apple plus one apple is two apples mm. And you know, as talking to kids, I think there's, that's an interesting conversation. Why is it that one doesn't work and
1: the other works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, I mean, one apple plus two oranges equals two. Or, sorry, one apple plus one orange is two fruits.
0: Two fruits, right? So but it it's, change, it's yeah. not.
1: Yeah, it changed. So that 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 aspect of units, is sort of, it's sort of the units, and that's actually interesting, right? And that on. led to the idea of units. Yeah, you can, you can do a whole lesson on units with the kids. Yeah. That's actually interesting. Um, I mean, you brought up a great point about reorganizing education or sort of re, how do you say, um, improving the current education system. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, Is that something that you would want to look forward to do in the future? Yeah. Because I, I remember we had an, a, a deep conversation about um, education system and all that. But um, is, that, is that something that you look forward to doing?
0: For sure. I think a lot, a big part of my work now is centered on challenging the current educational practices, right? Rather that's, a, a, you know, if it, you know, it could be pedagogy when you teach, like, you know, should you lecture more? Should you center to students? Mm-hmm. What kind of homework should you give? What kind of assessments should you give mm-hmm. from that to other things that focus on, you know, social, emotional learning? How do we care for student mental health? How do we care for their physical well-being? Mm. How do we balance academic rigor with uh mental health and well-being right Mm -hmm. there's a lot there to talk about you know we don't want to give too much homework because then that's that's detrimental to their mental health but Mm -hmm. we also hesitate to give less homework because Mm -hmm. then we're not meeting the requirements quote unquote for ap tests or or sats yeah so what's the good balance there how do you do that Mm -hmm. so yeah i have a lot of very strong feelings about things in in education in general
1: (laughs) interesting what if there's one thing that you want to change in the current education system what would it be in the system or just in general um just education i wish that teachers oh gee this is going to be controversial (laughs) i wish i wish that
0: teachers would care more about student identities and and um emotions and, and just you know um, in term, looking at it through social, emotional learning, how, how can we care for student well-being, right? Like, mm-hmm. stop pretending that the classroom is a, is a value-neutral space. Stop pretending that math is in a vacuum. You know, stop pretending that you can do math in a vacuum without values, without... Uh, what do you mean by a vacuum? Uh, you know, doing mathematics or any subject without thinking that it, it could be biased, without thinking that it's, it has been done... Mm-hmm. Um, with implicit or explicit bias and that we're all socialized in a way to think or approach issues in mathematics
1: so you think we um teachers should teach with a n- new perspective so to say or um challenge the current you no know, so- socialized thinking
0: yeah i think cultural competency is a big one. Um, Another loaded word. I'm sorry, but in terms of right, like recognizing differences in students, recognizing the different backgrounds and cultures and stories that every individual brings into the classroom. That's that's so we, yeah.
1: So that teachers shouldn't just teach like a lecture, just um, so like the same style of teaching for everyone. Do you think it should be personalized? I, th- I
0: think it definitely could be personalized more, right? Mm-hmm. In, instead of just lecturing about the textbook uh, equation by equation. Thinking more about you know, uh, Channon's really interested in soccer. So let's you know allow him to do his final project on <laughs> penalty uh, on shoot shootouts, <laughs> which sounds quite familiar
1: to to someone. <laughs> uh, that was a fun project. I, I loved it. It was uh, it was it was cool. See, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I, I don't think I have um, had the time to to say it, but I really appreciate that final project because uh, connected. Um, mathematics to one of my favorite things and uh to help me develop more passion in math itself so it was, it was, it was interesting so you think i was actually i had this idea just flash through my mind do you think um at the start of school people should all fill out like a questionnaire like um what what are your what are you interested in what are mm. your values blah, blah 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 and you pair with your teachers for example you want to be challenged in english okay i'll pair you with um meg eisenhower just sorry just but just just a random name out there mm-hmm. but but um yeah or something like that or you want to you know have like a you know lighter class or i don't know i i, I don't know I'm, I'm not i i don't think that's a good idea in some sense but perhaps that could be a way to go you know so that people can enjoy their classes more
0: right you know? i think i think this idea of personalizing education and, and you know figuring out what every person wants right like mm-hmm. if the student is not planning to be a math major in college there's no reason to force them to take four years of math in high yeah, school yeah of course um i think i think that's a great idea in terms of building community uh, in a classroom mm-hmm um i don't remember if i did it with our class last year but you know i, I right now every semester i spend the first three days not doing content interesting I, I do just to get to know the people right it was pure community building between me and the students and among the students that's
1: very interesting that's such a good idea uh, you see yeah i mean i've uh i don't think i told a lot of people about this but uh my vision in my um uh, for for my life more um, not, not only for but just in 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 like 40 years or yeah. something i want to modify the education system and that actually inspired me a lot because I, I i've coming from China you know um starting a, like a public education uh, shifting into international schools and all that i did i do realize there's like a lot of fallacies in mm-hmm. the current education mm-hmm. system like i don't know if you watched this guy called prince ea but um he made this um or he made this video showing that you know 150 years ago a classroom looks like you know just a bunch of people sitting in rows facing the 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 lecture mm-hmm. and then 150 years now it's still the same but then cars have changed computers have, you know all these things have modified greatly but then education is still you know the same right. that that's a big issue because people's minds have changed and people have to change, but we can't prepare people like 150 years ago there. We have to you know, really change um, that aspect. Anyways, I think we uh, went a little off topic here, but I think it's, it's great, you know, it's uh, it's great to um, talk about it. That's the beauty of podcasting. It's uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, anyways, coming back to math uh, virtues, what other virtues do we have here? So many, I think love, love is a central one. Interesting
0: love. How does that work? Um, both the love for the subject, which we kind of talked about, but also just developing love for one another, right? Which ties into what we were talking about just now in terms of building relationships and community, recognizing that everybody can do math and everybody can be good at math and finding genuine interest in one another. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, wow, that's really cool that you're interested in soccer. I want to use linear algebra for penalty shootouts. <laughs> like my love, it's, it's because of my love for the subject and my care and respect for you that I will want to listen to you talk about penalty shootouts, right? Um, it, it's building this idea that everybody should and could sit down with you and have a fascinating conversation about mathematics and penalty shootouts. Mm-hmm. And because now you know so much more about it than, I think, 99% of people on this campus.
1: yeah (laughs) that's interesting i mean it i did try to apply it with uh with um with my season and all that but but i couldn't gather enough statistics Mm. (laughs) because but but if if in the future i might actually use that model that's actually pretty sick but so i actually have this question about this book is this book talking about how mathematics can develop these virtues or should these virtues be added to math like which one comes first the chicken or the egg?
0: Uh, I think it's more about how mathematics can develop the virtues. Okay. Can I read just a very short paragraph? In of the course, process? of course, of course. Like the first paragraph basically says, this book is not about how great mathematics is, though it is indeed a glorious <laughs> endeavor, nor does it focus on what math can do, okay. though it undeniably can do many things. Yes. Rather, this is a book that grounds mathematics in what it means to be a human being and mm-hmm. to live a more fully human life.
1: More fully human
0: life. So really looking... Uh, looking at life in general and what it means to be human through the lens of doing mathematics.
1: Mm, Interesting. Coming back to love, how do you think doing math can actually develop love? Because I heard the aspect of how in a classroom you can develop love, but how do you think doing math itself can develop love?
0: Well, many answers. (laughs) Really, I I met my girlfriend in the math class. Oh, love. Uh. (laughs) There you go. You know, more literal sense. (laughs) Interesting. Um, That's funny. But uh, that's true. That's
1: true. Many of my great friends, I've actually met them from my math classrooms too. Yeah.
0: Right. The practice of doing something so abstract and well. (laughs) Because there's
1: a lot of partner works, and you can work with people together. Right.
0: Yeah. It's building community, and and. Connecting you with others who think similarly or differently, but yeah. then arrive at the same result, and that yeah, really definitely. that
1: helps, right? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, what other virtues do we have here? So many virtues. So many. I feel like because each one is so is all struggle. Struggle is one of struggle. my favorite ones. Okay. We talked about resilience. resilience. Um,
0: yeah. You know, highlighting struggle and saying that it's a good thing. There's okay. such a thing as a productive struggle. Okay. That we talk about. You're okay. struggling, but you're mm-hmm. making mistakes in the right direction. Okay, um, I've been I've been using it a lot, right? Like, oh, you you got the question wrong, but, but it's fine. By by getting it wrong this time, you're getting it right You're getting it right the next time, mm-hmm. or you're getting closer and closer to some sort of a, a right answer okay. or truth.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's that actually should be the approach <laughs> of of math teachers, and, and or that should be more prevailing amongst math teachers um, to grade the. A process more than the actual outcome, because you know getting the result wrong that could be like you know some you know mathematical errors and or or some you know press the wrong button in the calculator or all mm-hmm. that but if 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 but math is about like we said, math is about the thinking, it's about the process, right, you know, so getting the process right should actually be like you know sixty percent seventy percent, eighty percent, something like that mm-hmm. that's actually interesting what what other virtues we got here? um
0: play is a good one play, play. Right, like at its most fundamental level, mathematics is about playing with ideas and concepts. Um, a mm. lot of the the it more, uh, I don't want to say, advanced, basic, or hmm. like games. Games in their very beginning are all mathematical. Right, tic tac toe is mathematical. Okay, chess is mathematical.
1: I was just about to say chess.
0: <laughs> um, right, the idea of you can do so much with numbers. In in high school, we well in middle school. Back in China, we had a game of like adding oh, and subtracting. Oh, I
1: love that game! One, one, one chopsticks. We caught it.
0: Okay, yeah, right. There's, yeah. there's a
1: lot of things you can you, you can have fun with math without fearing punishment or getting math it is wrong. Fun, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Math is indeed. Oh, I, I, I remember I, when I was a kid, there was like this website called Math is Fun, and that's all these like small math games. I think pe- for people who who don't have a passion in math, they can just play that play those games that's that's a way to start right like a lot of
0: us lost track of who we are and what we do uh, Mm -hmm. and
1: forget that math could be fun
0: right because it's years and years of conditioning and thinking that math is sitting down taking tests so it's reminding (laughs) so reminding people that it could be fun and play with it Mm, right it doesn't matter i don't i don't care if you get a right right answer just play with what you're given and see where you get
1: Mm, that is very interesting to think about i mean yeah because yeah, because with a lot of game development, there's a lot of math involved too, and and the mathematical thinking can re- also help with games too. Um, say you're playing League of Legends, right? Yeah. You calculate. Okay. Um, so I I, I play with my brother. This is actually very interesting. I want to share this because there are probably some gamers that's listening too. <laughs> he was so we were playing League of Legends, right? And then he was just saying, okay, you can calculate the timing of the dragons that spawn about uh, of. And then you can calculate the timing of the, of the new um what what's it called um, um like the soldiers right when they come out and then when they, when it refreshes you know so it's all numbers and then you can, and then you can, and if you play jungle you can approach her at the right time right place right time so you can get the most money, like um mm-hmm. to and then you can also like catch people out. And, I, and it was very mathematical, and he was just telling about uh, talking to me about these mathematical theories with, in in playing League of Legends. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting, right?" Never thought about that before. I love that. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, let's uh, let's keep keep going. and uh, we can go for like two more, and then uh, we can wrap it wrap the episode up. A, okay. A little bit, but um, what else we got here? In terms of virtues, virtues, yeah. Okay. Um, we can talk
0: about. Justice, for example, mm. justice is a big one.
1: How does that correlate?
0: Um, doing mathemati- doing mathematics, and teaching oh, mathematics yeah. for for justice, for social justice, right? Hmm. So I don't know. How if, does that connect? Um, so using mathematics after doing years of math at the higher level, now I, I try to
1: scaffold the learning so that we're we're learning math to approach social issues. Yeah, because mathematics or mathematical models could really help with. Um, modeling, you know, social issues and all that. Right. And also the, the mathematical thinking, too. Exactly, perhaps. exactly. You know, getting things right. I don't know if that could, could connects. It's preparing students. Finding the right answer. Right.
0: <laughs> Some, it's it's the idea of preparing students to tackle these issues, right? So I mentioned minimum wage uh, on Thursday. Mark did gerrymandering. Dave did that, too. Mark did stop and frisk. So a lot of social issues can be approached and analyzed with mathematics. Stat, especially. Mm. But... Almost all of math could be used to, to think about, you know, taxes or, or
1: capitalism mm. just to say the big things. But yeah, Interesting, interesting. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see. I want to pick a good one.
0: Well, uh, we talked about a lot of these already. Mm-hmm. Um, beauty, for example. Beauty is a good one. Mm. But seeing the, the elegance or the beauty in mathematics and in the, the world. art of math. In a sense, yeah. Whether that's the simplicity of math or whether it's just, wow, that works out so well, right? Sometimes you get a really satisfied feeling when you, when you yes, do math. exactly. Right? You might know listeners. Yeah? You might
1: know what I'm talking about. Solving a heart hard problem or, or just, you know, zooming through like a bunch of problems. Right. Or, or seeing a new idea, right?
0: Like uh, fractals, yeah. for example, are really cool. I can't... You can look it up, right? It's this infinite reoccurring pattern if you zoom in. Like uh, Snowflakes, for example. Oh, it's, a good it's, example. it's like
1: the... Yeah, 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 no. Right? So, like,
0: I, I, I don't know enough math to really explain to you what factors are or how mathematically mm. they work. But it's cool. And I find it beautiful in some sense. That is interesting. Right? Yeah, and that, like Fibonacci number. Exactly. And that, mm. you know, motivates new ideas and new interest in math. So
1: so math could be connected to art. In, in, exactly. In a way. Exactly. Actually. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of great um, architecture, too. Um, the pyramid has a lot of math involved in mm-hmm. it. You know, golden ratio, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if golden ratio came from the pyramid. Th- is it? or? But they found out that the pyramid has the golden ratio.
0: Uh, I believe so. Something about the height and the... Yeah,
1: the height and the width and all that. Yeah. And, and the way it was constructed. And, and each brick. Um, it, was, it was actually very interesting. So... Oh. Architect, architects, architects um, artists out there listening, um, or f- whoever's listening, this could all be connected. Find the beauty around you. using do okay. What 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 else we got? Do you do you think you still have a lot more, or you you how how many are you? Do you feel are great ones that, that are still left to share?
0: they are all great ones. I mean, <laughs> we really talked about all of them. Like community, for example, okay. I haven't mentioned, but we talked about community already. All right. Um, freedom is freedom. a good one.
1: Hmm. Freedom. does that?
0: In terms of freedom, let's see, Francis talks about having students basically feel, um, you know, responsibility and agency through doing mathematics, right? Like your freedom as a basic human desire and how we can highlight freedom when we learn and do math, Mm. right? A freedom of knowledge is something that he talks about. Mm-hmm. How you c- you could do it do this problem this way, but you have the freedom to do it a different way, mm. right? You don't have to do factoring or the quadratic formula. Mm-hmm. There's many other ways of approaching a problem. Okay. Or chess players, uh, he talks about how chess players have a, a sense of freedom in terms of how they can play. True. It's not about following the the optimal opening where. And game strategy. It's really, they have a freedom. And the beauty of math, really, right, it ties yeah. together, is that there it's is freedom, freedom for you to, there, to do different not, things.
1: There's not only one way to solve a problem. Right. And also, yeah, I connected with, the, with this class and thing, war. We're just talking about strategic str- strategies of, of generals and all that. And everything yeah. is coming together. I think math is, math is actually, I think math is the, um, the base for almost all subjects, in some sense, right. It sort of connects everything together. Like, oh, it's sort of like the connection point we talked about right at the start. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I was I was reading about uh, chess engines mm. a while ago, and how computers almost almost always uh, stalemate each other mm. because they'll try to play the optimal strategy, whatever that means. By calculating, you know, 30, 40 moves into the future. Yeah. And then right, like like games become really boring because computers lack this understanding of of freedom. Freedom. They lack this understanding of of beauty. They lack this understanding of of you know fun. Right. They just try to do the optimal thing. It is only when a human steps in and says, Let's do this move, because one, I can't. I have the freedom to do it. I'm not constrained by by you know programming. And two, because that could be interesting and fun. Yeah. So it's really up to the humans to change to turn something so, perhaps fundamentally mathematical and logical, into something
1: more exciting and beautiful. And you see, yeah, that that actually connects to a great point, Um, because because now, well, I'm thinking of sports. Now everything is about trying to get the right result using all these statistics. To, to do the right thing Right move But then we lose a little bit of freedom And creativity Because freedom Because rigidity and creativity Are sort of opposites mm. In some sense They can come together mm-hmm. If you find the right balance But right. then um, Yeah But then Yeah with math um, Yeah you can really develop some freedom ah, That's very, very interesting Let's sort of shift gears to, to Towards the last point of yes. Last big topic Yeah um, why why is math important in the future or how do you think math is important in the future and how do you think learning math right now can help us?
0: I think everything that we kind of talked about Mm. points to the idea that math is important, right? Both in developing your, your understanding, your thinking skills, as well as feeling empowered by doing mathematics and using mathematics to approach bigger issues in the world. Yeah. Um, Right Not only is math used to to help you score higher on s a t or used to make you score lower on s a t yeah, but really <laughs> seeing math, the bigger picture of how math bigger is useful right here <laughs> there we go. the bigger picture of how math is useful in every aspect of your life, mm. if you want to think about it that way, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really liberating way of thinking about a lot of things, right, mm-hmm. recognizing how you've been socialized in different ways and and Fighting back against that, mm-hmm. fighting back against your feeling that you're inadequate, that you can do math, fighting back against the notion that some people are just born smarter or are better at math. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think that, that that could be really empowering and really, really liberating in a way.
1: Mm, interesting. Oh, wow. If mm. math
0: is done correctly in the classroom.
1: Yeah, <laughs> obviously that goes to education part i feel like we've covered a lot of points today and um and i really appreciate um your time coming i feel like we can really go on forever we have so For many sure. other topics that that we thought of talking about and we didn't even talk about like you know soccer or, or all that but um but yeah i mean i think we've covered most points in uh in, in why math is important and uh why um know studying or how math can actually help us a lot um do you think we still have, we still miss something over here or do you think we've covered most things
0: i mean i have a lot of soft thoughts but if you think <laughs> if you're happy with what we've talked about today i mean i'm always happy to come back and talk
1: more but obviously up yeah, to you. obviously um if there's one advice that you would give to listeners what would it be
0: that's a great question um A while ago, I mean, I'm still thinking about there is this T-shirt that I wanted to get. It basically says, um, are you a math person, question mark? And it says, well, there's two criteria for being a math person. One, you're a human being. You're a person. And two, you do math, right? It's don't think about it as ability. Don't think about it as talent. Yeah. If you are a person who do math, you are indeed a math person. And I believe you can do you can achieve wonders if you believe in yourself and and be resilient and be mindful of how you've been trained and conditioned and yeah, I think math is is beautiful and, and exciting and empowering and everybody should
1: give it another chance. Definitely. And with learning math. And it and yeah, there is no math person or not math person like like you yourself. You weren't sort of the quote-unquote math person growing right. up even into college and now you're a full-time math teacher right right so so yeah i mean that i think for people who are listening to now i mean I, you today's episode was enlightening i think that's the word thank you thank uh, you i'm really glad appreciate you appreciate yeah. um, one last question for you did you have a good time here today
0: Oh, wonderful time. I okay. love talking about this kind of stuff. So anytime, <laughs> any chance I get, yes.
1: And I w- do want to compliment your voice. You, you do have a beautiful voice. You should uh, read an audiobook.
0: One day I will.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, for listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye.